Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 100th episode of the Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com. I am your host for the 100th time, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. Happy 100th episode, Tyler. Specifically today, we cannot say that. Because I did not join you for all 100 episodes, Michael. If you if you notice strategically, I said I am your host for the hundredth time. But that's also but not I said true. Hundredth episode to you. But that's also not true because there were a few last year uh, th- that Mark and I were on. So this is probably true. like your 97th time. You know what? Cancel the show. Cancel the show. We can't do it. We can't do the hundredth episode extravaganza throw all the, the, the mailbag questions in the trash, uh, we're not going to do it. It's going to wow. disappoint all the fans, but we're not going to do it, Tyler. It is great to be here, though, for the 100th time or yeah. 85th or whatever the numbers. It doesn't matter, right? It's just good to be here. Well, we want to thank all listeners out there for uh, whether you've listened to one episode or 100 episodes or most likely somewhere in between. Uh, thank you. For supporting us, uh, we would not have gotten this far without you. And to uh, kind of, well, we should probably do a little mailbag more often, but to uh, honor the 100th episode, we're going to take some listener questions that we got either via Twitter or DM or um, people on the street. And they were like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? I'm just trying to pump gas. And so that's one of the questions. Um, I'm I'm the host of Fantasy Basketball's podcast, Mike Katrin. So I answered that one for him, uh, Steve at the gas station. <laughs> we're on we're on pace. We're on pace. We're gonna get through these. Yeah, some of these are from my grandmother. I won't say which ones. Um, for mm. my cat, you know, just everyone. I, we've been asking everyone for their questions. Yeah, and you know what? With this, if you want to hear more uh, mailbag type shows, let us know. We'll see if we, I guess, listen to the, the this one first before you uh, tell us whether or not you want to hear more of them. When you hear all our terrible advice, you won't want to hear another one. Just, you won't. That's true. You might not care for it. Uh, but if you're listening this long through 100 episodes, maybe you do like our advice. So let's, uh, you know, I want to get to the first question. I like this question. This was kind of an interesting question. I always think the, the more interesting questions are the ones um, – that are a little bit, um, a little bit philosophical. And this one is from a uh, longtime listener, uh, Paperbase, out on Twitter. Uh, he had a few questions actually, and uh, this one's probably my favorite one. Would you trade with a top team, even if that trade would help out the top team and make them almost guaranteed winners in your league? That's a pretty well, I mean, good, a pretty good question. If it's going to guarantee them the win, especially against you in the playoffs, then potentially you don't want to do that because it's not the trade is then not making your team better. Now, if you're just worried about making the playoffs, right? Like, and in some of our leagues, right, you get some some coins for just making the playoffs. Then sure, maybe you do it. But if the goal is to win the league and you're basically making a team unbeatable, then why would you make the trade? Yeah, I think this is it, it, the level. So you know, all these questions are going to be well. It depends. 
And that would be a very boring episode if we just said it depends on every single question. But if you're making a team unbeatable, I think I'm 100% with you. If you're making a team so good, even if your team's going to get significantly better, if you're going to make them so good, you your team's never going to beat them. Um, I'd say it's only – unless your team is going to be easily the second-best team. So if you're going to go from, like, the bottom half to the second-best team on this trade, which, you know, I, I don't know what kind of trade that would even be. But that would be the only way I think I make a trade with the top team that makes them better because anything can happen. If you're the second-best team and they're the number one team and you were never going to be the second-best team unless you made this trade – well, you did make your team better, and now you get a shot at the title if something happens. It's almost like the LeBron theory uh, the, on the East Coast teams. You know, hey, a couple teams got to go for the championship when LeBron's in the East Coast. Uh, who knows? LeBron might get hurt. LeBron's never ever gotten hurt before the playoffs. But I, that's the philosophy, I think, is the only way I would make a trade that made a team unbeatable. Well, and we could say this too, right? Like, I mean, it's always your theory of why you you don't like head-to-head so much is any one player can win you one head-to-head fantasy week. Like, I mean, I don't know, throw out a random player, Gary Harris. If for some reason in your championship final, Gary Harris plays three games and drops 35 points in each game because he just gets really hot and doesn't miss a shot all week, well, that might win you the championship even if you're not the best team. Because Gary Harris is not going to average 35 points a game for any length of time. Yeah, and you know what? I, I do talk a lot of uh, crap about head-to-head leagues, but this situation of making a trade, really, I don't know if you could ever make a team unbeatable because of the variance with your week-to-week um, statistics. And so once you hit the playoffs, you're, let's say you play a one-round week. I like, uh, I like playing two weeks for one round in the playoffs for head-to-head. That kind of makes me feel a little bit better about head to head. Yeah, the one week thing is is they're so random that you might be the best team and you have just happen to have the worst week and then you lose in the first round of the playoffs and that's you know what that feels a little too fantasy football for me and uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of the r- complete randomness of fantasy football. So I'll also, keep that out of my fantasy basketball. Oh, so do I. I'll say say this. Um, the trades you want to make, and I think this is really the heart of this person's question is the trades I really want to make are maybe a trade that makes him better on paper, but actually helps me beat that person. Like if I know Mike and I are the two best teams in this league and granted any one crazy thing could happen, but we're probably going to play each other in the finals and Mike already is crushing me in rebounds but assists and steals are really close i might trade mike my best center say carl anthony towns Ooh, i like carl anthony towns He's for good. mike's kemba walker someone Ooh. who's a little bit worse but i'm giving mike a bunch of rebounds which he's already killing me in and i'm getting assists and steals which are really really close for mike and that might sway the matchup in my favor, That's... even though I'm giving you a better player. That's the kind of trade you want to make if you are almost 100% sure that you and somebody else are the two best teams in the league. I, I think that makes sense only very late in the season um, because, you know, I'm no, I'm no slouch when it comes to fantasy basketball, and I would, I would make that trade even if I was weak in um, – 
guards and and great at centers. Uh, let's say I had Demarcus Cousins already, because now I have an asset. So well, I, I bring Carl Anthony Towns in. I weaken my guards, but what? I weaken my guards for a handful of weeks until I can move somebody and bring back, you know. Oh, it's definitely a trade Steph deadline. Curry. Move. It's the trade deadline day move. You know what I mean? Like, okay, the trade deadline ends in an hour. If I can make this trade, I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, when you're making a trade, you want to um, consider all the factors. Plus, uh, I know you're no dummy, Mike. I could probably get Kemba Walker out of you and, I don't know, another player that I think is going to help me in my chase to beat you. Let's say Eric Gordon. Maybe ooh. I need some three-pointers. Right? Yeah. You'd probably give me Kemba Walker and Eric Gordon for, for my Carl yeah, Anthony Towns. I would, I would probably do that, yeah. I would I would look into it. And that's what I mean. And that's the kind of move you can make where I can maybe get a three-category advantage on you pretty quickly there. But, yes, you're right. you got to do it late on, like five minutes before the trade deadline. I mean, as late as you can make that kind of deal because, obviously, if I'm giving you a better player, you could flip that player for someone even better than what I got from you. So I think that the reverse makes the more sense. Uh, when you're making just a trade that makes a good team better. So let's let's take it down a notch and saying, hey, if they're going to be unbeatable, there's really only a couple scenarios where you ever do that. But if you're making a good a top three team better, um, it's a tra- the only trade you're probably ever going to make for those people is a trade that makes your team better and their team better. And so sure, you made their team better, but really you're not going to be a top three team or even do anything in the playoffs if your team isn't constantly getting better. And so the same scenario, I have good centers, you have good guards. Well, hey, you need a center, I need a guard, let's do it. And we we just one for one, some even value, and each of our teams gets a little bit better. And to me, those are the the easiest trades to pull off because they're very straightforward, and you can make those around, um, especially in head-to-head, uh, around team builds a lot easier. And I think you were kind of alluding to that, Tyler. What's good for one person might not be good for the next. So you you don't want a, a, a center who's killing you in free throws. But uh, someone else doesn't care about free throws, so move, move them that center and get someone good. Not someone, not someone of equal value, someone of better value. That makes their team better, makes your team better. Yeah, and I mean, you can definitely lose a trade on paper and win it in the standings, and that's really what – I mean, ultimately, you want to win it in the standings regardless of if you win it or lose it on paper. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add on to this um, trade question because I like, I, like uh, I like thinking about trades. It's probably what I do half of my day instead of working. Hopefully, uh, nobody that employs me is listening to this podcast. But um, I told it, your boss it was the 100th episode. Uh, that- damn it. Tyler, you got me fired from a job. Yes, win again. Yeah, hopefully, you know, since Tyler got me fired from my job, uh, if you want to support the podcast and me and my unemployment, go to draft.com, check them out, and use the promo code BOXES. And special for the 100th episode, if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free game with your first game uh, that you pick once you sign up using that promo code and once you deposit, which is incredibly easy, using PayPal, they use PayPal. It's the, it's the easiest um, daily 
fancy site that I've ever um, ever used, and I really like their format. They do snake drafts instead of uh, the, the, the monetary system. And uh, I can't recommend draft.com enough. So if you want to support the podcast, and now that I'm unemployed, uh, use that promo code boxes, and we would appreciate that. Uh, but Tyler, I want to ask you a question around trades. Do you think it is easier to trade with someone at the top of the league or at the bottom of the league? Well, I mean, it all depends on what kind of league it is. If it's a dynasty league, it's usually always easier to trade with someone at the bottom of the league than at the top because you can always trade away draft picks for, for players that are going to help you win the championship. In a redraft league, it all depends. I mean, there's always guys. There's any league I've ever played in, there's a guy who's a trader, man. You can always make a deal with this guy, right? Like, he just makes a deal to make a deal. That's his daily routine, I think. To yeah. talk to somebody about yeah. trades. Everybody's got the guy who uh, bing on your freaking email every day. Oh, this guy has offered you a trade. I was like, yeah, I, I figured he would. It's a day of the damn week, and I'm gonna decline it because it's not. It's some of them are bad trades every single time. Some of them are like in that borderline area, but it's like I don't want to evaluate a trade every single day. You know, give me give me like a three day break. I hate the cold, the cold calling anyways. You know what I mean? Like at least talk to me and say, Hey man, I would like to buy X player from you. What are you looking for? Don't just like send me a random offer with no like message or anything. Like here's a random offer. Like, well, no, I don't want to do that. Like you don't even know what I want. Yeah. I it's uh, trading is probably the hardest part of the game and the most interesting. And usually the key to winning your league and i actually think it's a bit of a bell curve the first place team probably isn't going to make a ton of moves because they're oh in first place yeah but the last place team in my experience anyway usually doesn't make a lot of moves either because they're so bad they either don't know what they're doing or they've kind of given up hope or uh, and they'll make more moves than obviously the first place guy but they really are like, well, I can make this trade, right? I could get a little bit better, but then what? I'm in third to last? Who cares? Um, that's a bad attitude. You shouldn't have that attitude. But I do find a lot of people well, who I... are hanging around, like who are like dead last, who are like really in last, uh, kind of uh, don't make a lot of trades. It's all those people in the middle where you seem to see a lot of the uh, the trades happening. I think in redraft leagues too, you see people check out. Like they're at the bottom last next to last especially in deeper leagues they just feel like no hope maybe their star player got injured pretty early on in the season and they just kind of they don't even try to make moves sometimes they just kind of quit yeah. the chips in. and even in like people who are pretty dedicated uh to playing fancy basketball if you have a league full of those people which is the most important part of starting a league even if you have dedicated people you know, in a redraft league, there's just no there's just no incentive if you're if there's no chance of you winning, and and that is why I do prefer uh, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, um, and in those leagues, it's almost like you were saying, Tyler, it's the exact opposite. Where hey, these guys are looking for hot keepers for next year. They have an incentive to trade. They have an incentive to to find good players on the waiver wire, uh, and then also they have an incentive to try to win each week still. 
Like those, those are the leagues that I think if you have a dedicated group of players, go ahead and take that leap into a keeper league because everyone's going to have a lot more fun. Well, it add, just adds so many layers to it, right? Like, I mean, you can look at any player, right? Like he might not have that much value this year, but if you, especially if you keep a lot of players, right? Like you keep 10, 10 guys, maybe you have a little bit bigger roster. Maybe you roster like 15 or 20 people and you keep 10, like a lot of people can be worth keeping. And I mean, we're talking rookies who don't have a ton of value now, like maybe someone like a Jonathan Isaac, like he could easily be a keepable player if he really shows off something here in the next couple of months. And so trading for him now when his value might be pretty low on a contending team, like he's not helping you that much if you're contending right now. That could be a big move that helps you in the next two or three years. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got that kind of fantasy game that, um, that you want to keep an eye on, right? Um, but in dynasty leagues, you're out of it. Hey, take a chance on just keep taking chances. Sometimes they hit, you know, and um, all of a sudden you have a premier player for multiple years. And um, hey, that's the whole point of a dynasty league, and and that's what makes those more interesting, I think, than a redraft league. And don't forget about injured players. If you're at the bottom of a dynasty league. Trade for someone who's out for the year. Trade for someone who you know is going to be back next year that's going to have some good value. I, I like that move. There's a guy maybe in third, but he's got a guy who's injured either for the rest of the year or most of the year, and you go, hey, man, Paul Millsap, he's not helping your team at all, but I got this guy, I got that guy. Um, give me back Paul Millsap. Then all of a sudden you got Paul Millsap on your team for the next you know, two, three years. Should be pretty, still a pretty good player for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I mean you're improving your keeper status there. I mean, if you switch, if you can trade, you know, for someone like I don't know. Let me let me just find a name here. Maybe I can trade Eric Gordon, right? Guy we talked about a little bit ago, right? And and he's going to give you some good value this year, especially if you need threes and points. Maybe I can get Paul Millsap back and have a much better player in the future. Yep, these are all really good. Um, I think ways to kind of evaluate a trade uh, we did kind of blow that question past we hit the question and then blew past it and gave you even extra more more content for uh for your trading purposes but let's move on uh this was a question came from uh, someone you i think you got this question tyler um and i thought this was kind of a kind of an interesting question as well something i i, I really haven't even thought of what is the dynasty value of Jordan Bell. Um, I don't know if I've ever even um, sat here and, and thought about it. Where would you rank him in the 2018 draft class? Hmm. This was, well, uh, this was a hell of a draft class, by the way. This is a hell of a draft class. 2018 is the upcoming draft yes. class. Yes. So this is a fun class. And... The thing that makes the Jordan Bell part of it interesting is Jordan Bell, I mean, we've seen some great things from him, but is his situation getting better in the next few years? Like, they're still going to have Draymond Green, right? They're still going to have Kevin Durant. And so he's... You would assume? So he's probably, at least for a couple more years, not in line for a huge, huge workload at any point. You're starting in the exact place. That's why we get along, Tyler. Um, you're starting in the exact place I started as, as well when I started thinking about this question. 
I immediately said, all right, when's Draymond Green's contract up? When is Kevin Durant's contract up? What does that mean? When is Jordan Bell's contract up? All right, cool. Um, Jordan Bell's rookie contract is up in 1920. Uh, Kevin Durant is doing the one-and-one deal, so his contract is basically in flux every year, at least for the, the intermediate time. And then Draymond Green doesn't come become a free agent until 2021. So if I wanted to read some tea leaves, right? And this is, you know, the further you go in the future, the more uncertainty everything, the more uncertainty there is. I think that's um, some sort of probabilistic theory that some very smart person came up with, but I'm stealing it for the purposes of fantasy basketball. I don't think you're going to see Jordan Bell. So I don't think you're going to see Jordan Bell on the Warriors be valuable because the most likely scenario in my opinion is that in 1920 someone offers Jordan Bell a lot of money and the Warriors go hey we can't afford that we already got a billion people on the payroll and we got to resign Kevin Durant we're resigning Clay Thompson that year and we got Draymond Draymond's still kicking it and let and, you know, unless they can move Andre Iguodala, because they got Andre Iguodala's there for seventeen million in nineteen twenty, and uh, man, that's you know that's a rough, that's a lot of money to be playing Iguodala in two seasons from now, right? Um, so I think they would rather run with Draymond Green instead of pay extra money to Jordan Bell. And then have this, you know, huge cap space, but Jordan Bell still comes off the bench and then let Draymond Green go. I mean, that's the second most likely scenario is that they keep Jordan Bell because he's so damn good and they let Draymond Green go the following year. But that seems like a weird thing that the Warriors would do. So my guess is someone pays him a lot of money in 1920. So you're talking about not next season, but two seasons from now is the first time Jordan Bell is, I think, going to be getting starters minutes. I could see that. He's been really fantasy friendly, right? Because of the blocks and steals. He doesn't give you any three pointers. He can't really shoot much. Um, even in like 25 minutes a game, he's somewhat valuable because he's providing good block and steal numbers. But there's just some, some holes here, and he's never going to score a ton of points, I don't think. The rebounds could be pretty good if he can get the minutes. Um, so. As far as the 2018 draft class thing, I mean, I, I would put him somewhere probably between 10 and 20, and then a lot of it depends on personal preference on, on what guys you kind of like there. Um, yeah. To- I mean, this draft class is, 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 I think, even more historic than the last one, uh, according to all accounts, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've seen a lot of young, exciting players. And, and one even that kind of came off the radar in this Trey Young from Oklahoma who's getting a ton of Steph Curry comparisons right now. I mean, I'm sure you saw the yeah. the recent pieces. And, and there's guys like Doncic who a lot of people say that Doncic is the most NBA-ready European player that we've seen in the last few years, even more so than Porzingis and, and guys like that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a – a lot of really interesting 
in in a majority, so like I, I guess Boston being the exception, right? But a majority of these teams, and I you know Cleveland's up there too. That sucks. I hate Cleveland. Um, we need to. I'm I'm already biting my. We're uh, already counting my my eggs. Is that the phrase? Yeah, that's the phrase. I'm already counting all my eggs or my hens or whatever it is. Anyway, I want Chicago needs a good draft pick here. And uh, I would be real freaking pissed if Cleveland gets a draft pick ahead of Chicago. That would be really, really depressing to me. But uh, outside of Cleveland and Boston, you would think anyone in that top 10 is going to go to a team and probably play decent to significant minutes right off the bat. So I would have to put them outside of the top 10 in in the next draft class. Yeah, and I mean, Jordan there's a reason he he wasn't a first round pick. I mean, I think it's important to remember. Now he's he's proven that he can play, and I think that he can. But I would definitely say that he's probably somewhere in that ten to twenty range. Probably somewhere. I would safely say you could probably put him at fifteen, depending on your personal preferences. Um, but I just don't see the minutes opening up. So it's not like I'm. I really, really want this guy in a dynasty league. Like, I think his value is going to skyrocket next year. I think that he's going to have similar value to what he has now. Yeah, I mean, see that? That's the interesting way of saying it. Like, his value is going to be high because of the name recognition. But what he's going to produce is kind of what you're seeing right now, right? There's been some injuries. He's been playing uh, a bit more, but he's still – Jordan Jordan Bell, he's still playing about twenty minutes a game, and um, I I love that that steel block combo. His free throws are not uh, something I'm, I'm I'm happy about, but you know you got you're gonna live with that. Free throws I think are down across the board. The more I the more I think about it, um, so that's becoming a hot commodity as well. But like I don't know, like what? Let's say. Like, like I said, it's going to be two years before Jordan Bell plays in a, in a starting role. So in two years, let's say Jordan Bell is playing 30 minutes a game. Is he a better fantasy player than Kyle Kuzma playing 30 minutes a game? Well, and this is, this is maybe a point I was also going to make on this question is I think both – Jordan Bell and Kyle Kuzma are guys that you sell right now in a dynasty league. Yeah. In the sense that I don't see their value really skyrocketing in the next year or two. I mean, Kuzma is getting all the minutes he's he's going to get. I mean, he's getting 32 minutes a game. Jordan Bell is getting all the minutes he's probably going to get for the next year or two. And their their perceived value is much higher than their actual value, I think. I would I would agree with that. I, I actually think there's a lot of, you know, flip the switch on that. Some guys in this draft class uh, who are rookies this year who don't have good name recognition but will be more valuable for the price you would either pay for them or, granted, they're probably on the waivers at this point right now. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Bam Amadeo. He's got that one-one potential now. You know, Jordan Bell is doing that right now. He's doing, he's hitting a one-one in the steals and blocks categories. So he's got it right. But Bam Amadeo could also do that as well. Um, that's an interesting 
interesting player to keep an eye on. Uh, John Collins is another one that we all um, are fans of. His per minutes are, I think, as good as Jordan Bell's, if not, a, you know, maybe a little better when it comes to rebounding and scoring. Um, and, and then don't get us wrong. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Jordan Bell, right? But what's let's say three? Let's say four years from now. Is Jordan Bell a top fifty player? Playing well, starting, playing thirty two minutes a game. I don't and, know. And I don't, I'm, I don't uh, that high. I'm not even willing to project out that far. I'm. I'm just saying. In my in my fantasy basketball world, there's no more important stat than playing time, and I just don't see him getting the minutes. No, I'm I'm with you. There's a lot more guys who are going to get a lot more minutes in the next three years than 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 Jordan Bell. The next three years after that, though, uh, now we're talking. Now I'm interested. Uh, that's a long way to wait, though, for someone who doesn't shoot threes, doesn't shoot good free throws. Like this is not we're not talking about a top fifteen player here that you're waiting fine to finally you know put put it all together right um, this is not an Oladipo situation Jordan Bell is going I think going to be a good very good fantasy player once he starts on a on a different team but um, you know he could be a top forty player sure that's pretty good. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to wait five years for a top fifty, top forty players because there's plenty of those guys who, especially in dynasty leagues, that people, guys who are in the top forty right now, that people are like, eh, I don't care about him. He's not a hot young name like Kyle Kuzma or Jordan Bell. All right, trade Jordan Bell right now for uh, you know someone in the someone who's a top forty player who doesn't have a sexy name. Oh, and we, I mean, I think you and I talk about this every offseason, and we'll probably talk about it next offseason too, is that's one of the most – that's one of the common faulties of a first-year dynasty league is people will pick rookies, you know, guys who are, you know, the 12th overall pick, the 13th overall pick, like not even the top guys in like the top 60 or 70 picks over guys who are proven commodities, who have done it year in and year out. And who are going to keep doing it? Whereas rookies, you never know what they're going to do. What if, you know, there's top 10 picks every year that flame out and are out of the league in two or three years? Yeah. I mean, so you just wasted pick 70 overall on nothing when you could have had a Jeremy Lin type or, a, you know, insert player here. Get Marcus Soule. Marcus Soule is a boring name. He's older. But Marcus Soule is going to have a, a top 50 season this year. Probably a top fifty season next year, probably one more after that, and then that's when Jordan Bell's actually going to start moving into that top fifty. It's like, all right, I I could figure out a way to trade back for Jordan Bell uh, in some way if I really wanted to, but I just got three years of a top fifty player, and you other people you didn't get any. Yeah, and I won the championship three years, and you're going, well, I'm going to win the championship in twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, well, I won the championship three times because you were taking all the rookies and I was taking all the good veterans. Yeah. You know, another another rookie that I think if at the trade deadline you want to sell is Jason Tatum. I know he's, you know, playing incredibly well and he's going to play for the rest of the season, but if you're in a dynasty league, you know, try to get someone of, uh, of equal value back because next year Jason Tatum is not going to play 31 minutes a game. 
Well, and and I see these trades in, in dynasty leagues, especially all the time, where like someone will trade a Jason Tatum type for a Demar Derozan type or a Clay Thompson type. Like, oh well, Jason Tatum's the hot young thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what's Jason Tatum's ceiling? One of those players. Like you just traded away the yeah. thing, the thing you're hoping Jason Tatum becomes for Jason Tatum. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I I, I love Jason Tatum's game. I I think he's a great fancy player. But run me run me down to DeMar DeRozan every every single time. He's he, he, you're not going to get the opportunity, especially Jason Tatum on Boston. You know, is he going to drop to, you know, 12 minutes a game next year? No. No, he's still going to play really good minutes, but with Gordon Hayward there, it's a whole different situation. And uh, you kind of hope they keep Jason Tatum in that rotation for 30, 31 minutes a game. But uh, if I had to put some money on it, which that's the whole point of us talking about fantasy basketball, I, I'm guessing Jason Tatum's usage goes down. Well, so, I mean, even if he gets the minutes right, there's going to be another mouth to feed. More touches that go to somebody else and less touches that go to him. And then that's part of your fantasy value too. Well, speaking of DeMar DeRozan, that was a good segue, Tyler. Um Another question from our good friend, Paper Vase. Thoughts on DeMar DeRozan for the rest of the season? And where where do you, would you draft him next year? A two-parter. Paper Vase getting in a two-part question. Um, sneaky move, but I respect it. DeMar DeRozan, the guy everyone always says is not going to get any better, and he always finds a way to get better, right? Isn't, isn't that weird? It's He's been almost every single year the guy everybody's like, this guy isn't that good. And then he gets a little bit better and you go, yeah, but that guy isn't that good. And then he gets a little more better. And then do you, you start seeing people who aren't, you know, the, not the sharps going, Hey, DeMar DeRozan is pretty good. And then DeMar DeRozan is kind of like the same thing for one year. And they're all like, you know what? DeMar DeRozan sucks. That guy's not that good. And then he gets better and then he gets better. And now he's right now the 24th uh, in, in nine cat leagues, 24th best player in the league. Yeah, and I mean, even an eight cat, he's in the top thirty, right? Yeah, and he's been playing great. He's playing his thirty-five minutes that he always plays. Um, he's got a three-point shot now. That's what's really boosted his value this year. Is he's hitting on thirty-six point eight percent of his three-pointers. Um, he upped the field goal percentage again. You know, he upped the assist to five a game. He's getting in a little bit of the ball in his hands a little bit more. That's probably my favorite stat. This, this, so the the three pointers, right? They're happening. He's hitting some three pointers. Cool. Everybody's hitting three pointers, so that makes Demar Derozan like keeping up with the Kardashians. That's a terrible um, analogy. Um, now Demar Derozan's like le- less than a half a three pointer isn't hurting you. A couple seasons ago, it wasn't hurting you, but. 1.2 threes per game is like shooting 0.5 threes per game two seasons ago. So he's still kind of like, a, he's just keeping up with the pace of the league, right? I'm more interested in the fact that he went from four assists to five assists. That doesn't seem like a lot, but that shows that he's not just facilitating more but facilitating better 
And over the last month, you know, that's above that's above five assists. Yeah, so he's he's a better version of Campbell Walker, maybe? Now? I mean, he's right around there. He's I mean obviously scores more. He doesn't turn the ball over as much. Campbell's gonna give you more threes, but I mean I think I'd rather have DeRozan than Kemba Walker, right? We were talking to Kemba Walker as kind of a, a late second, early third round pick. I think the yeah. Russian's got to be right in that class now. And if history shows next year at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round, people aren't going to be like, "Oh, I got to get Demar Derozan on my team." That never happens. It just it doesn't it doesn't happen. Demar Derozan never his value never goes up, you know. And there's always the exception. This year will probably be the exception. Um, but one of the things that I'm always a fan about DeMar DeRozan, and I have been for a very, very long time because I play in Roto Leagues, is that his free throw is has always been just monstrous because of the volume. This year, shooting eight free throws per game at 83%. That volume just adds up. And even when he was kind of a mediocre fantasy player kind of in the in the middle of the road right he was still racking you up free throws over and over and over shooting 82 83 85 percent and that that wins you or that that boosts you really really high in that free throw category and people in roto leagues have been on DeRozan a lot longer than people in head-to-head leagues oh yeah no doubt so you want to you want to go a little bit see who you would rather have for next year Ooh, yeah, let's do where we in the last episode uh, we talked about how we weren't it was too early we weren't going to start talking about rankings for next year. So in uh, usual fashion, let's talk about rankings for next well, year. Well, hey, that's just what the question said. So I figured okay. okay. No, let's do it. the listener. This is number 100. We got to appease the listener a little that's bit. That's true. This is for the listeners. All right. So, first name I got, I'm going to throw a tough one at you right away. Mm. You can have DeMar DeRozan or you can have Philadelphia's own Ben Simmons. Ooh. Oh, now you've done it for me. What kind of league am I in? Um, Head to head. Nine cat. I'm still going to, uh, I'm still going to Marta Rosen. Uh, ben Simmons, when you, when you do head to head, Ben Simmons, you know, 17, eight and eight, right? You know, like with two steals. In a block, I think I might, I might have just talked myself out of him. But um, you know, it's, it's my roto blood that makes me makes me not want Ben Simmons. Um, depends on my bill because this is going to be the second or third uh, second or third round. So if I've already gotten a guard, I'm taking Demar Derozan. Uh, if I do not have a guard, I'm taking Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's it's gonna be hard to pass up Ben Simmons, especially when you consider how young Ben Simmons is, um, and the chance that he gets better. Yet again, um, I think I want Ben Simmons, but it's really really close. Um, how about his teammate Kyle Lowry? Man, Kyle Lowry, um, not having that the the greatest season. Uh, something I think we disagreed on going into the season. I thought Kyle Lowry would be fine. You thought Kyle Lowry would. You know, he's almost 32. He might take a little bit of a a dip. And, um, you know, he's playing only about 33 minutes a game. 
Oh man, I got to go with um, Demar Derozan because it does seem like they're giving Demar the bar the ball a little more, making him a little bit more of a facilitator. And um, Kyrie or Kyrie Kyle Lowry is only going to decline at this age. Well, and like the whole Kyle Lowry thing, like if you watch a Raptors game lately, like you see him shaking that wrist and just, I don't know. I could see things ending on a, on a sour note for Mr. Kyle Lowry this season. Yeah, he's playing injured, which is also like a good reason to, if he slips into like the fourth, fifth round to like pick him up because next year healthy, he might look like one more year. You might get one more year of almost old Kyle Lowry, um, but you don't want to pay market price. You don't pay third round price for Kyle Lowry. All right, I got two more I want to ask you. One, Mr. Marcus Saul. Mm, man, you know I like Marcus Saul. But you know, after this um after this season, I'm gonna go with DeMar DeRozan. I, I think Marcus Sol will have a better season next year, but hey, man, Demar Derozan, like you said, like you, you said, is it just gets better each year. Why um, he's in his prime? Why why not ride Demar in his prime? This one may be my favorite one out of all of them. It is Phoenix Suns Devin Booker. Uh, I like Devin Booker a lot. They're very similar players. I'm probably go Devin Booker because he's younger, and that's it. I think I think that's the part most people are gonna miss, right? Like I I set up myself, right? Like okay, I'm gonna bet on a proven player over a young player, like especially in a dynasty league. But if you look at these two stats from this year, they are almost identical. Sure, Demar Derozan's got a little bit more assists. Devin Booker's got a, a touch more rebounding. DeRozan's got a touch more steals. It, it, it's funny in a, in a nine cat roto, right? The difference between these stats line when you look at them on paper is so close, but in rankings, Demar is twenty fourth and Devin Booker is fortieth. And that's goes to show you those you know those nine cat rankings. You really shouldn't be looking at the rankings. You need to be looking at the stats. Well, that and it shows to show you how close all these guys really are. Like. A half a steal or, or a half of a half of an assist is a big significant gain. And that's why exactly you hit on the point, I think, is Devin Booker's 21 years old. If I'm gonna bet on a 29-year-old DeMar DeRozan or a 22-year-old Devin Booker to get better, I'm gonna bet on a 22-year-old Devin Booker. And I know Devin Booker could hit threes. That's what I mean. So if the stat lines are already very similar, I'm gonna take the young player who has proven it for two years that he's a a big league scorer, man. This guy can score with the best of them. But think about this. You know, if you saw Devin Booker go at 29 next year, it should not be shocking to see DeMar DeRozan go at 31. Like, they should probably be drafted near each other. I would take Devin Booker over DeMar DeRozan, but if I had to guess, I would assume they would finish very, very close to each other. Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right, we got a lot of questions to get to, so um, let's do a few quick ones. Um, there were a lot out there, and let's go with the one from Devin 
Harpel. I uh, apologize if I butchered that name, but that's what it looks like. And um, he asked. He, he is the man behind the hashtag basketball Twitter account, if I'm not wrong. That, that is true. So this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a corporate question. Um, Inside job, huh? Yeah. Best buy low player out there right now in redraft leagues. So this question says biggest. Buy. Oh, it does say biggest. Biggest and, buy low player out there. And what Mike does and I, biggest mean? We discussed this right at the beginning because we weren't quite sure what he meant. So if he means the player I can pay almost nothing for in the standard league and get good value, I'll answer it that way. And I'll answer it for the player I think I can buy low, like a, a name, so to speak, that I can buy low on that's going to perform significantly better in the second half. That's two answers for the price of one. So which one do you want to hear first? Do you want the name or maybe the not-so-name? Give me the name. All right. Well, you you had your name that you think is the biggest, so I'll let you go first, and then I'll tell you mine. I do, and this is – you know what? This is back tried and true, uh, always a sucker for this guy, but having a real off year – um, Ricky Rubio, we talk about him all the time. We're big fans, and I just, I, I, I just don't see a world where Ricky Rubio gets any worse. And I can see a world where Ricky Rubio looks like he looked last year in the second half, which was very, very good. Um, and it's hard to find guys who can scrape. That double digit, assist, uh, double digit assist number, and uh, pull you down, you know, close to two steals a game. I'm with you there. You know how much I love him. So I mean, we're huge fans, um, and I'm still going to be a huge fan. You know, I I still have him on a few of my teams. I'm not getting rid of him. I I I find that I even bought him a few times in the leagues I didn't have him. Just because the price is so low right now that, I mean, I can buy them for pennies at some points, and, and that just seems like a, a wise move to make. Could not get lower. Um, so I got two. Maybe one isn't that big of a name, but it's a, it's a guy we're a big fan of. Um, Yusuf Nurkic. Ooh. Who is way down there in the rankings, right? And only playing 27 and a half minutes a night and not doing big things. But I think things are going to get a little bit better for Nurkic as the season goes on here. He has done this a couple times in the past where he's kind of been a little bit of a second half player. Um, I just think he gets better. I think you can probably buy him for relatively cheap and get yourself a nice little value. I like that. Um you go look at what your er, Nurkic has done over stretches. It's, it's it's fairly incredible, but over other stretches, he looks like this. Uh, very inconsistent. One of these months here in the second half of the season, he's going to hit his stride, and he's going to probably win you a few weeks because it's hard to find guys who can rebound like he does. I'm with you there. And the other guy I got is Goran Dragic. I just got to think Goran Dragic gets better. And he's another guy who's like outside the top 100 in the rankings. 
And he's a guy I'm definitely buying. I, I'm just a, I'm a Dragic fan. He's 31 now, but I still think he's got some left in the tank, and I think he shows it here. Yeah, I'm not as uh, big of a fan of Dragic as you are, um, and um, at least this year, I think you know old age is catching up to him a little bit. I think that Miami teams um, doesn't really know what to do with themselves. I just think the shooting's got to get better. He's only shooting 43.6%. He's shot in 47 or 50% each of the last four years. I mean, it's just got to get better. It's just got to. I, I would think so. Um, let's, let's actually, let's see. Let's kind of piggyback this into the next question. Um, which was from Nick Agar Johnson, which sounds like a Game of Thrones name. Um, which players are you most likely or most likely to be traded and break out after the trade deadline? And I guess the consequence of being traded is that what players are likely to break out due to the player ahead of them being traded away? This is a tough question. So and this is a little bit like the thing we talked about the other in our last episode where you know if this player gets injured, right? And this is kind of the same thing. If this guy gets shipped off ahead of you, who could have some good value? Yeah, you could there's a bunch of it, any injuries, right? There could be some trades. Um also the 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 young guy for old guy switch. So we talked about John Collins last week. Um eventually Frank Nilakita, all these guys uh, eventually, even Willie Kelly Stein and Scalabassier, right? They're, you know, we, we let's not bet on the Kings ever. Um, Dante Sabonis, Indiana's still kind of in it, so you never know what's going on with him. But um, a lot of those young guys are eventually going to be playing a lot more on on teams where during the you know last stretch of the season, last few months, they got nothing to play for, and so those are all probably good buy low guys as well. The trade question is a little harder, though. Throw Miles Turner into there to guys I'm buying low on. Ooh, that's a good one. Miles Turner has struggled, and um, and I think he's been struggling with some injuries, so he's bound to get a little bit healthier. Um, so you gotta you gotta think with trades. This is a tough one. What teams would? What teams need to trade because they suck? And what teams need to trade because they're not quite good enough to be contenders? Those are usually the two teams that trade or contenders who want to contend even harder. So my first, this team sucks, is is my favorite team that sucks, the Chicago Bulls. I cannot see, I just cannot see why, and granted the front office isn't that smart, why they would continue to win with uh, MVP candidate Nico Miritich because that guy, all he does is win games and he's killing the tank right now. His value's probably never been higher. Uh, even Justin Holiday's been playing well, which is disgusting to see. And <laughs> it's just, it's pissing me off. And you, Robin Lopez, Nico Miritich, Justin Holiday, even Bobby Portis, I, I, I think all those guys are up for, uh, you know, possible ship out. Um, I don't think anyone would want Jaron Grant 
But the weird thing is, is that like no one's really going to gain the benefits of those guys leaving. Uh, I guess other than Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis was Was this just your reason to do a Bulls rant? Because it wasn't the question who's going to pick up value. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is your Chicago Bulls rant of the day. It had to be in the 100th episode. You just had to get your five minutes of Bulls talking. Every episode, there is a Bulls rant. If you go back and put them all – if you clip them all together on YouTube and and put it up, uh, I will be forever grateful for you for clipping every Bulls rant I've ever had on this show. Um, That would be wonderful. The – yeah, I, the only person I see who's going to gain value on Chicago would be Bobby Portis. Everyone who gets traded off of Chicago, uh, none of them are going to gain value. This is as good as it's going to get. That's my trade. That's my most likely trade team. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the teams that I'm looking at trading, I, I don't know that the Magic make a trade. I don't know who, who on the team has great value that they want to ship out. I mean, they got a lot of young players there, but – Jonathan Isaac's gonna eventually get to play some, and and he's gonna his value is gonna go up. Um, for the Hawks, I mean, we talk about it a lot. John Collins, they they're gonna move Ilyasova or just tell him, dude, you're not playing anymore. You're you're out. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Chris for the Suns, whether they make a move in that front court or not, I think they let Chris and Bender play more in the second half when they know they're out of it. Um, you mentioned the two guys on the Kings. The Grizzlies, I wish the Grizzlies had someone young. And the Lakers really have no reason to tank, but I could see them at some point just telling Brooke Lopez he's not going to play anymore and letting Randall and Kuzma and Larry Nance basically eat those front court minutes. And I really um, doubt I really doubt they move um Brooke Lopez because he's an expiring contract and they're kind of trying to set themselves up for the LeBron sweepstakes. So like I just don't see I don't see Brooke Lopez going somewhere and suddenly becoming Brooke Lopez again. Which is yeah. sad. And even if they trade Brooke Lopez, like I don't really see them getting players back. I think they're gonna go for picks. Yeah, that's what they would want. Um I would watch out for that though. Like who like, so that's the thing. That might be the only way is a playoff team. Um and that's the weird thing. If you're getting traded to a playoff team, you're probably not they probably don't need a starter. Um, Brooke Lopez, though, you know, Toronto Raptors might might be a good fit. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm with, I'm with you there. I could see that, but I just can't see them giving up much to get Brooke Lopez. I can't either, and um, I don't know why they would do that. Uh, but that would be, like, one of the few places I think Brooke Lopez fits and then would be better, obviously, than he is now. Um, one of the the Greg Monroe, if Greg Monroe moves, which we don't think is going to happen, but if he did move, I think he would play consistently and he would be a fancy asset. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., you got to think they're going to play him more. They're not competing. He's only getting 27 minutes a night, and that's going to up his value. He's only going to get better. I think all these rookies, I mean, most of the time, especially if they're, they're going to stick around in the league for a while, they only get better. Um, starting at this point in the season, so he's another guy I'd probably look at. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else who, if they got traded to a team, they would get better. I guess Nerlens Noel technically would. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. I think I he know. just might be a, a a a not great locker room presence, and that's kind of killing him. Yeah. Um, let's say randomly Kelly Oubre Jr. or Otto Porter moves. Uh, both, you know, Otto Porter moves, Kelly Oubre Jr. gets better. Kelly Oubre Jr. ends up playing 30 minutes a game. I think he's a little bit better as well. 
shush. That's all I can really. That's all I can really think of. That's a lot of players. Well, and we'll be we'll be here if there's someone else, right? We'll be around to let you know. Um, sometimes they come out of nowhere. We see it every year, right? Where there's a guy and we're like, "Man, I never thought this guy would get eight minutes," and then he's playing thirty minutes a night on a bad team at the end of the season to just eat the games away. It always and happens. He's worth it. So um, be prepared, I guess is what I'll say. All right. This one is a very important question. Comes from the actual hashtag basketball. So it might have just came from the guy who's sneaking in extra questions, the guy who runs the hashtag basketball Twitter account. This is from the hashtag basketball Twitter account. So we're getting some more corporate questions. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. No. The answer is no. That is correct. Um, that is correct answer. And um, that is the end of that question. All right, this one comes from Anthony Casa. Oh, no, you got to ask the other part of his question. Not, what other part of the question? What are your top five favorite beers, Mike? Oh, that's, you know, that's an impossible question to ask. Okay. I, top, will, I, will, I will give you... Top five favorite beers other people have drank. That's the worst like, question. That's a terrible question. Well, come on. They don't have to be like, just don't pick like some random Chicago microbrewery. That no that's exactly what I'm going to pick. Well, I'm you only can... going to pick random Chicago microbreweries. All right. Well, then let's hear it. Maybe we want to visit Chicago someday. That's all I drink. Um, everyone should come up to visit. Uh, Chicago's a lovely place. It's a negative 17 here today. Um, so don't come now. But do a visit in the summer. There is not a better city in the world. I will stand by that. Um, you know, there's probably comparable cities in the world, but there's not a better city in the world than Chicago this summer. Um, one of my favorite breweries. So let's do, I'll do Chicago breweries because some people like IPAs, some people like sour. I'm a sour fan myself. I like the sour beers. I like some stouts, like some brown ales. Um, my favorite Chicago breweries would be Hopewell Brewery up in Logan Square. They do um, really, really good. They got a good Pilsner for a hot, nice day. Uh, they got a good Saison. Uh, I like what they're doing up there. Um, the brand new Metropolitan Brewery, right on the river, beautiful place. Everyone should go visit. Um, I shouldn't have to tell you to visit Revolution Brewery, but you should go visit the real brewery, not their uh, restaurant. Uh, the real brewery is really cool. And... My favorite uh, beers that I've drank this year come from another Chicago brewery called Mars Brewery. Now, they do not have a tap room, but you can find their delicious, um, really small um, batch beers. So whatever we have now might not even be available here in six months. Um, Mars Brewery, you can find them selling their stuff Really, all around the city, look for the the kind of the specialty beer on store. Twitter at MarsBrewery. Yeah, go to com. If you work at Mars Brewery uh, and you listen to this podcast, I love your beer. I thought you were just going to go into your usual. You can find them on Twitter. At... You can find them on Twitter at Mars Brewery. They got a good Instagram. Check out their Instagram, guys. Tell them the hashtag. Tell them that uh, watching the boxes sent you. They won't know what that means, but it'll be funny for me. Um, so beer that people have drank that I enjoy. Yeah, what beer, um, what beers did you like this year? Um, 
So I, I won't go into any crazy microbreweries. Um, the microbrewery scene in, in my area is not great. I will say that. Um, I am a, I, and, and I'll fight people to the death about this. If you are going to have a logger, it is not Samuel Adams. It is Yingling. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with you. Okay. It is that, a, um, that is, I'll go to other states and I'll, I'll ask for a logger and they'll bring me a Sam Adams and I will be mad. It's Yingling only people. You cannot get it on tap here in the Midwest. Not yet. Soon. Oh man, it's coming. But well, it's pre- it's pretty local to where I live, so everywhere it's on it's, tap. It's every year it, it like comes one more state over, and then people, <laughs> people like drive. I'm not joking. People drive to go get this stuff. That's a good, very um, chill lager. I like it. It's um, I, it's it's one of my more. If I see it on tap somewhere, I have to get it. Yeah. So if you haven't had it, if you are a man who Drink Samuel Adams. You can step up your beer game by having a Yingling. There you go. I like that. Um, let's get to one of the – another basketball question. How about that? I like the non-basketball questions. Those are good. Um, you got to throw a few of those in there. This one is from Anthony Casa. Um, what happens when Dinwoody – with Dinwoody when he when Russell comes back. Din I know Woody. what you're talking about. Dinwoody. Anthony, come on, man. <laughs> Spencer Dinwoody is a grown man who used to play for the Chicago Bulls. So better respect. Who uh, seems like a real cool guy. So, you know, come on, spell his name right. He's a good guy. Um, but Anthony, I hate to break it to you. Spencer Dinwoody when uh, when DeMarcus co- or DeMarcus, jeez. When uh D'Angelo Russell. By the way, D'Angelo Russell's been out of the league so long, I've forgotten his name. That's how much I care about that dude anymore. He is not a real player in your mind, though? It doesn't even matter to me. Um, I don't think D'Angelo Russell's probably going to come back for another, I mean, what, month? Three, three weeks? Uh, it's coming faster he, than you think, my friend. He's due to come back soon, but I don't think he's going to come back that soon. Well, if we are relying on our friends at Basketball Monster, they have him back on Wednesday the 10th of this month. All right. That's not terrible. Um, Dinwiddie gets brought down back to, back to the bench. Um, I think Alan Crabb probably plays. The two- and Levert, right? Levert's been playing great. It's going to be hard for them to run Dinwiddie and Russell as the backcourt and not play Levert and Crabb. Because, you know, Dinwiddie's been the de facto point guard. He's been distributing, and he looks very good, you know? And I just – I still think they find a way to play him. Over or under 25 minutes. That's where I was headed. 24 minutes? Under. Yeah, I think, under. I think it's right in that general range. And I just right? don't I, think he becomes worth it because I think he is playing so well because he is playing with that first team. When he starts playing with that second team – he becomes less of a facilitator and more of a creator. And I don't think that's his role. I would sell him for any player with good standard league relevant value for the rest of the season you could get at this point. Because I don't think he's going to be standard league relevant. And if he's if D'Angelo Russell's really coming back in five days, I don't think he's standard league relevant for much longer after that. Russell might be eased back in for a few games, maybe a week or two. And you might still get some value out of him. But after that, Probably none. Probably no standardly value. Streaming value, maybe. 
Depending. Yeah, I think he. I think that he plays enough to be considered a streaming value player in a in a standard league. Uh, I think he does have a good. Uh, he's played so well. I, I don't see why they would start DMP and him or playing twelve minutes a game. I think they're going to figure out a way to get him on the court. Yeah, I can see it. All right, and let's do our final question. Um, this one's too elaborate. I'm, I hate to break it to you. We're not going to answer this uh, th- this question in, in in the way you presented it, but we will answer it in a, in a different way. Uh, this is a, this is by the way, in the last one paper base you snuck in a two parter. This is like a, a thesis. This the question you asked is like you could write a dissertation on this. The top five movies, TV shows, top five video games, and musical artists, also the most influential of each of the above categories. What, how long do you think this podcast is going to be? Dude, I could talk about that for like the next week. So People write their doctorate on stuff like this. Like we uh, we don't have – listen, we could do a whole special episode about this. But I'm going to I'm gonna reconfigure this so we don't completely dodge this question, right? Tyler, give me – in the last year, give me like a mo- like movie, TV show, whatever you want to talk about. If you oh, no. I thought we were movies, going all times. No, I'm not so doing my, all time. My lists are I'm all time. time. Oh man, I don't have I'm any new stuff. I am not a man who enjoys new right. things. Except you know what? For you basketball. do. You do the old stuff. I'll do the new stuff. It's fine. All right. Which one you want to do first? Go to uh, movies. I, you know, this could go anyway. This is very subjective. So go ahead. I will, let's do movies. All right. You you do the new stuff. I think people care about that more. I'll tell you my old ones when you're done. You know, I I could talk. Like I said, that's why I wanted to. Keep it a uh, very um, you know, segregated into just last year because if I'm going to talk about all time movies, it's going to, like I said, it's going to be another five hours of of a podcast, and people just, you know, people just don't have time for that. Unless you like this, then feel free to tweet at me at Watch the Boxes or Tyler at Watsy four 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 and tell us you want to hear more, uh, just us talking about. Movies and TV shows, because I, you know, I could do that all day. My favorite movies of last year uh, probably was Dunkirk. Was my favorite movie I saw in a theater. Uh, now I saw it in one of those IMAX theaters, and it was aggressively large and loud and beautiful. It's just the thing. It's like an entire movie. You're just you have anxiety, just pure anxiety about it. Um, I like that movie. I think Get Out was probably the best movie I saw last year, as a, as like a full. Like a, as a movie, movie instead of Dunkirk, which is like almost like an experience. I'd like I'd like to give a shout out to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, that movie was pretty cool. So that was your second Blade Runner twenty forty nine, really? That's my th- that's my third. Dunkirk was is I guess second. Get Out's my favorite movie of the year. God. I think D- Dunkirk's the best movie of the year. Get Out's my favorite movie of the year. I did not see Blade Runner 2049, but it did not look like my kind of flick. It was good. If you like that kind of stuff, it was good. Now, I did, there was a lot of movies I didn't see this year. So, um, And I guess comedy-wise, uh, Disaster Artist was great. Go see that 100%. And uh, The Big Sick was really good, too. Um, all right, so I'll throw out a couple movies that I really like to watch. And they may not be the best movies ever, but these are movies I've probably seen a lot more times than I should have. Um, Shawshank Redemption, I, I, I just love that movie. That by far, Rob, robbed of an Oscar. Yeah, that, that's a great movie. Um, if we're talking comedies, 
there are two comedy movies uh, I really like, and and I don't think that either one of them are super super popular. Um, Borat, that movie's hilarious. I've probably seen that like a hundred times. It's a great movie. I, I I used to watch the uh, the TV show as well. The full um, LG show is good too. Check those out if you haven't seen those. And my second favorite movie that's a comedy is a movie called Idiocracy. And I think it may be coming true. That's, that is not a movie. That is a documentary. Yeah, I think that one may be coming true. But if you've seen that, that movie is hilarious. A uh, movie I saw this year that was pretty funny, and you can catch it on Netflix. Um, if you're a fan of like the, the British office, uh, he did a new one, Ricky Gervais, where he was David Brent, Life on the Road. That movie cracked me up. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. I was, uh, I'm a fan, so I did not, I did not see that out there. Yeah, David Brent, Life on the Road. It's on Netflix. It is pretty dang funny. All right. We're going to have to go uh, pop through these top TV shows. I'm, I'm not going to do all time. I'm going to do one of my favorite things I saw last year. Um, Game of Thrones should not count. It's the best TV show that is currently on air. Um, I don't think it's the best TV show ever. I'd probably have to go with – well, you know, now I was said I wasn't going to do this, but The Wire – Obviously, in Breaking Bad, great TV shows. My favorite TV shows of last year, I really liked Master of None. Um, I think it's a pretty cool, it's like a unique, pretty unique show. Uh, I don't think this was last year, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a shout out to it anyway. Atlanta is a great freaking show. Everyone should be watching that. And Legion, which is like an is an X Men show. On FX, it's real weird. I really liked Legion. That was a good one. I like it. I like it. Um, I have not really seen too many new new shows. Um, as far as shows that are still on right now that I that I kind of get into, um, Louie, I think that show is pretty funny. Louis, yeah, Louie's a great show. Um, I think that's still on, although maybe not given yeah, what I happened. Don't think, I don't think it's on anymore. <laughs> uh, there, but I think that's just pretty funny. My top five favorite shows of all time. Um, they're probably all comedies because I, I like to – the only thing I can rewatch are comedies. Um, but I, I'll give my top five in no particular order. Um, the Office, the Ricky Gervais show, the one he did on HBO, that was pretty hilarious. Um, Married with Children, I've always liked that show even since I was a kid. I don't know why. I just think that show's hilarious. Um, my Name is Earl. I think that's an underrated show. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that in a long time. And I got one more, don't I? This is gonna be tough. You shouldn't have said five. You should have just said four. Uh, King of Queens, probably. I think Kevin James is pretty funny. Oh no, can't say that I find old Kevin James that funny. I think I find that show hilarious. Hey, teach their own. I'm uh, I'm more of a. I think I'm more of a always sunny type of. See, humor. that's a show I've never seen, and I wanted to start watching on Netflix just when they took it off. Oh, that's that's a shame. <laughs> It was on there forever, Tyler, so I don't feel too bad for you. I think it was on there for like seven years, but um, maybe not that long. But um, yeah. I'm relatively new to the Netflix game, my friend. Fair. All right. Top video games. See, you're going to have to take this because I pretty much only play sports. I play NBA, FIFA, play a little Madden. That's probably about it. So that's only three. Hey, those are those are great video games. Uh, NBA 2K obviously should be on the list, anyone's list when it comes to those types of games. 
best see, like I said, best game of all time. That's an insane thing to ask. I can't answer that. But I will say, the my favorite games that I played this year uh, was the new Zelda. That's probably the game of the year. It's oh, dude, break, they brought that back. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that when I was a kid on like the regular Nintendo. Yeah, that's what it, it makes you feel like a kid again. It's like this big open world, and it's just like you going around discovering stuff. Like it's just, it's really nice. It's not crazy. It's not gory. It's not got incredible cinematography, but it's got some puzzles. It's it's a Zelda game, and it's perfect. It's great. I um, like it, man. That's a good choice. It's it was it was a good game. I. I, I I'm still playing. I haven't beat it yet. I'm, I, I, ne- I never beat video games. I'm really it, it always. Are Are you up on this new thing? Where I, I don't know. Maybe it's not that new. I mean, I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to video games. So, um, where there's like games you cannot beat them. Like I don't know what the purpose of them is, but you cannot beat them. Like they're an open world. They go on forever. Uh, yeah. You just continue. Either it's too hard and you always die, or at the end, um. You can kind of just go do whatever you want. That's what I mean. I don't. I just don't follow. Like, what's the purpose of the game? Then, like, people, I want to. People it. love playing video games. It's a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> business. Um, and I will. I will give a shout out to a game that I personally enjoy playing. Um, Divinity Original Sin Two. It's probably the nerdiest thing I will say on this podcast. Um, it is like an RPG. Um, like one of those old Diablo, like not Diablo. Uh, like Icewind Dale, like if you're in those old PC game, top-down PC games where you got like a wizard and a warrior and you know that kind of stuff, if that nerds you out in the right place, this is a cool game to go check it out. I have never even heard of that, my friend, so I will not say <laughs> anything about it. I will have no comment on that. I'm, I'm an old-school uh, computer game nerd, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and then, like I said, top five music is impossible to say. Um, I will tell you my favorite albums from the last year um actually you know I, I was thinking about this and i was like oh, i don't think there was really that many good albums last year there's some really good albums last year um who, oh what? i'll tell you this what you think about that because i'm sure you want to think about it a little bit okay yeah, let me give me a second i'll interject with this story i was watching that new year's eve stuff you know where like they all the music artists come on and play and I realized I had no idea who sings any songs anymore because every person they said, oh, this person's going to come up and play. I was literally like, I don't know who that is. I have no clue. Then when I heard the song, I was like, oh, I think I've heard this. But I still had no idea. If you would have told me that person was going to perform a song, I would have no idea what they were singing. And that is how you know you are getting old, Tyler. <laughs> I, you know, I think the, the, the damn kids music. <laughs> the damn kids. There's there were some pretty good albums out there this year. Uh, I really liked. Uh, I thought Kendrick Lamar's album was really good. I think that's kind of a uh, an obvious answer. But um, I really liked uh, Father John Misty's new album, uh, even though it's not that new now. But it's um, it was in 2017. SZA, she's really good, and I she's gonna. I think she might win some awards this year. That's a cool album. Uh, if you like some chill R and B esque type vibes, I would I would listen to that one. I listened to Phoenix's album Tiamo a lot, uh, more than I care to admit. And um, Rostam from Vampire Weekend, 
one of the guys who plays in Vampire Weekend, he's got his own solo album out called Half Life, and that might be my personal favorite album of the year, 2017. That all sounds great. I have no idea what any of it was. So I, was I, I listen to a lot of music, Tyler. That's good because I I listen to it that times negative amounts because I don't listen to any. It's it's weird because. I felt like when, when this question was asked, I was like, you know what? I really don't like watch movies and TV and listen to music that much anymore. Turns out I do. But the weird thing is, is I got a lot of friends who like, they, they, they know way more. They either watch a ton of TV and don't listen to any music or listen to a ton of music and don't watch any TV. So maybe I'm, I'm well-rounded. You are. You're much more around than me who just watches a lot of sports and does nothing else. Yeah. You know what? I watch a lot of that too. Um, I think that's it. I don't know if we had had any um, kind of other than some, you know, some, some specific trade questions, which uh, I think we we're past our time on asking whether or not a trade is good or not. Um, I think that's probably it, Tyler. That was a pretty good 100th episode. I feel like that may have been the best one yet. And I mean, we got to give a shout out to anyone who's listened to all 100 of these episodes because – I mean, we're bringing some good content to you, but we've done it for a lot of hours, probably about 100. So if you've sat up with us for 100 hours, shout out goes to you. Um, tweet at me. Maybe you can win a prize. Yeah. Uh, if you tweeted us using the promo code boxes for draft.com, uh, we will give you the chance to take our money on draft.com. Uh, tweet at Tyler Watsy. Four 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 or me at watch the boxes, um, and if you like, you know, hey, the question and answers throw hey throw us questions in the middle of the week. We'll throw it on one of the uh, later shows. It doesn't have to be the entire show. We don't have to do a mailbag. We can do a listener question section as well. If you like this kind of stuff, uh, even if it is a question about the most influential music artists of all time, which I believe the correct answer at least in modern times, is the Beatles, but we don't have to get into that. Like I said, it's a dissertation. We do not have time for that. Uh, But if you like you guys, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed listening all this time, take two minutes, rate, review us on whatever app you happen to be listening to this on. We would really, really appreciate it. And just join us next time. Have a good one, everybody.